Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Like a sneak or something? <laughs> <laughs> Celtic restore the 12 point lead at the top of the table with a 27 minute blitz against Kilmarnock this is 20 minute Tim's I'm your host Jamie and I'm joined by Melly yes and Stephen what's happening not an awful lot mate patreon.com <laughs> slash 20 minute Tim's that's become a bit of a catchphrase <laughs> is where you can support this podcast you can get extra videos extra podcasts extra writing from us patreon.com slash 20 minute Tim's keeps the light on in here and keeps you in extra Celtic Content that was, um, let me think of a unique analogy, Stephen. A game of two halves. Did you just come up with that? I think so. <laughs> I've never heard that one before. Incredible. We need to coin that, get a wee TM on yeah. that. Oh, oh boy, was it? Oh boy, was it? Uh, you could even say you cut off, as you say in the, in the intro here, 27 minutes done and dusted, mm. goalless second half. I was furious because it was yet another one of those games you think this is going to be 10, 11 now, and the foot well and truly came off the pedal in the, the second half. Goalless, absolute disgrace. Talking about furious, my sister had something like like a wee bet, like £3 on Matt O'Reilly to score a hat trick for 500 Ooh. odd pound back. It was forwarded into the group chat, and we were like, oh, that's, that's absolutely <laughs> <that's laughs> Two goals up within about 15 minutes, <laughs> it never happened. That was a tough one. The second half just petered out to absolutely oh, yeah. nothing. But sometimes it goes like that. Sometimes it goes like Tanadice when you just absolutely smash a team. But Celtic are just well worrying about what can we talk about here really in a 4-1 victory <laughs> mm. on a plastic pitch. Whereas before, we'd have been terrified going into these games before. But this team are just making it a formality every week. Scoring goal four goals is just kind of ah we've done it again aren't we it's good cruising in the first half Stephen snoozing in the second <laughs> half Melly mentioned the plastic pitch and it's something that we've obviously got the agenda here but since it came up early doors as it always was going to um, we can't play our best one of arguably our best player on a plastic pitch in the Scottish Professional League it's not good enough is it that's a bizarre situation isn't it where yeah. you actually have to consider playing your best players on the plastic pitch in case it to quote Ange doesn't suit them yeah it's it really is I mean, a sad the first we had was it Jozo another player who yeah, didn't play on, yeah. the, on these plastic pitches but this is obviously I think maybe a first for Carter Vickers but it's just sort of brings into sharp focus that these these situations with plastic pitches just for me they're not good enough no I think Carter Vickers was left out previously oh, as well I think Jens played um, prior to this this game as well but okay, it's, it's quite embarrassing really mm. I mean I, I don't mean to put the boot into these clubs yet again but it's, it does make for a 
an odd affair where you had to try and explain that, try and explain that to the broader football community. You left it. We we're already fairly depleted mm. as a team. We're already missing Hatati. Jota didn't play as well. Cameron Carter Vickers doesn't play. And then the reason for that is because the, the surface doesn't suit them. And it's it's just really odd. I, again, fairly unjustifiable, really, in this day and age that we haven't to leave out key players, very important players, because they can't play on that. Yeah, just hoping. Kelly, go down, don't you? So <laughs> we don't have to play in that pitch again. And well, you want who are the two plastic pitches like Kelly and Livingston? Is yeah. that it? If we yeah. get any more, yeah. So if they went down, get I mean, down. Livingston yeah. are obviously not going anywhere. They've managed to cling on, but get one out. Maybe next season we can get Livy out. Hope no plastic pitches come up, you know. And then uh, we'll have just... on the anywhere near coming no. back up. Thankfully, yeah. No, it's a sad day when you we were on the way back from the game. Talk about like if Kamarnock go down, and then maybe if Fissel can sneak that. Uh, playoff place so we can get fans to go to the game because again you're looking at the stadium Celtic filled their stand three other stands all half empty Kilmarnock have got two standing sections neither of them are full and you're just like, I mean the, the fans do here? exist because we saw them yeah. during Steve Clark's time oh, yeah, yeah. Steve Clark famously brought them all back Derek McInnes obviously doesn't have that star power uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that Steve Clark does he can't bring the names in but doesn't have that charisma no Steve he doesn't, Clark, have, he doesn't he? have the charisma of Steve Clark which is <laughs> Steve so, Clark charisma <laughs> wow mate, sorry Steve Derek and Matthew McConaughey or something man <laughs> he goes he goes but the, the, the thing about the fans is as you say like it started crap but even when Celtic were 2 0 down, they started to fritter out. By the time the Aye. fourth goal went in, there was hardly anyone sitting anywhere. Just let us in to play football and watch the game. <laughs> yeah. They missed a thrilling draw in the second half oh, as well. Yeah. Think about what they missed. <laughs> McInnes was coming out with, look, they did well in the second half. Yeah, because you were so bad in the first yeah. half that it couldn't get any worse. And like, they did all right in the second half, but the game is long gone. Celtic have made subs at half time because they know they can. Uh, it was very nice because like, I think, do we think as well that Hitati, Jota possibly could have played if this was on a different pitch? I'm not sure about Hitati. I'm not sure if he's mm, been training, yeah. but Jota was still training himself. So if it was a big game against a better team, maybe Tynecastle, do you think he wouldn't have played? I, I don't know. I mean, Carter Vickers, it's difficult to tell when, when the manager keeps so much close to his chest, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, the thing about playing these players is mm. we've got a semi-final coming up yeah. as well. We've got a, a semi-final coming up where we're potentially having to leave players out or we are literally leaving players out because we've got bigger games on the horizon. So it's it's a bit a bit sad. Manager keeping cards close to his chest. At least he did come out after the game and say that that's exactly why Cameron Carter-Vickers didn't play. Yes. It, I think he he was asked... Before uh, the game, I meant, before oh, right, okay. he, he does, he's not going to say X can't play in that pitch, Y can't play in that pitch. He just kind of... He just kind of kept his cards close. He just always does with these injuries and after it, fessed up. He did admit to at least being a consideration. Mm. Now, in the fullness of time, we have found out that that was the main consideration because Cameron Carter-Vickers was left out. But he was asked at least twice, including by Lewis who, yep. of the, of this parish, um, one of our uh, contributors, um, in the pre-match press conference, does this enter your thoughts? Is this a thing? Do you you know, think about your selections based on the pitch? And he did say, yeah. He, does, mm. he didn't do his usual sort of look off into the middle distance and say, nah, not really, mate, and then just sort of <laughs> fob yeah. off the question. In fairness, he was actually quite honest about it. It's not just the fact that we're having to leave our best players out, it's the fact that our best players have to play on this and not mm. just once a season, could be up to four times. We are trying to build something here with Celtic and just try to keep his best players at the team. Why would Cameron Carter-Vickers and Jota want to leave 
can't play some games Are there on any these of those pitches? pitches in English Premier League? I know that might no, sound no, like no, a stupid no. question on the face of it, but I thought maybe they've got like some cool futuristic ones, not the torn up plastic bags. <laughs> Imagine that, it. That we'll go <laughs> these, kill it. these clubs with a turnover of about 1.5 billion and they've got a plastic pitch. <laughs> Imagine. It cannot be expensive. <laughs> like, it grows everywhere for free. <laughs> we're dealing with these plastic yeah. pitches. I mean, it did give us the opportunity to see Kobayashi yep. and Starfelt, that, that, that pairing. Melly, you've spoken in the past about how you think Kobayashi actually left footed centre half on the left side passing out to the left side of the pitch would make all the difference did you see it? Yeah I did I thought a good few times you've seen that that natural movement I think there was a, a couple of times where he played it over to Maeda this doesn't negate the fact that when he does play a good ball over it bounces all over the place because of the pitch and it can't be that can't be helped but I think it did look a bit more natural I think uh, Starfelt looked a bit comfier as well when he's just able to turn and go out that way mm. so I'm not sure Kobe Ashley's going to be a better player long term than uh, Starfelt, but I do think Celtic possibly should look at a left-sided uh, centre-half in the summer because I think it does make everything a wee bit easier. And there was a few times, looked a bit hairy from up in the stand, but Celtic played it to Joe Hart, out to Kobe Ashley, out to Taylor. It looks as if Kilmarnock were ready to nip in, but if that's going out to Starfelt and it's not on his natural foot. Mm. Celtic could have got caught out because he's having to turn on another foot. So I think it did look good. And I think Kobayashi, some good passes over to uh, Maeda going down the line. I just think it looked a wee bit easier for me to ping it over there. Well, the, on the passing angles, we've spoken at length recently and you know, throughout their time together that Starfield and Cameron Carvickers pass to each other a lot. Yeah. Because that's just part of the build-up. It's quite natural for Celtic teams where the centre-halves have a lot of the ball. That's going all the way back to Brendan Rodgers' time. You'd, Dedrick Boyata had most of the possession for a lot of that team. The, we've spoken about how Cam, um, sorry, Starfield relies quite heavily on the look-forward kind of check-out of that pass doesn't really see this the space, the angles for it, and goes straight to Car Cameron Carter Vickers. So against Rangers, the pass, the player Starfield passed most to was Cameron Carter Vickers. Mm -hmm. Now they've switched sides now. Not switched sides, but he has switched sides onto the right. And the player he passed most to in the game was Kobayashi. <laughs> so right, that's the thing. So but intriguingly, Kobayashi, the player he passed most to was Taylor. So mm -hmm. he is more Celtic number ten, Greg Taylor. Yeah, yeah that, well that's right. We'll come to that. But this is an incredibly small sample size and doesn't really say mm. anything more broadly than what happened in these individual games, which are completely different challenges, Rangers and Kilmarnock. However, it does at least signal the potential that that could be a thing going forward. Because we all spoke about that, about how if you put a left-sided defender in there, it opens up angles that Starfield just simply either doesn't see or doesn't have the confidence to play into. It's easy to look at that and think, right, well... Starfield will pr it'll probably be Kobayashi and Cameron Carter-Vickers next season because that's that's the, the one that makes the most sense mm -hmm. on paper. But don't be surprised if it's actually Kobayashi and Starfield because we might struggle to hang on to Cameron Carter-Vickers well, such I mean, as his quality. Would you, would you be happy with that? Because I know if I'm putting the maths together here, Melly says in the summer we might, we might need to buy a left-sided centre-half. Both of you in the past have said Starfield is a position we might need to improve on. So... By that reckoning, if it's Kobayashi and Starfelt having not been able to hold Carter Vickers for whatever reason, um, you wouldn't be happy with that, would you? No, yeah. um, really need another left-sided centre-half, do you think? So would Kobayashi and A another? Well, if, if in this horrible world that uh, Cameron Carter Vickers leaves, then maybe. But I think if Kobayashi is to play long-term for Celtic, kind of be doing it right now. Mm. We've got Starfelt and Carter Vickers, so it's that old Celtic... Not cliche, but 
sorry to bring it up again, but mm. the reason Charlie Mugu played in <laughs> midfield was because we sold all the midfielders, not because he was better than Ledley, Kyle, Winyama. Mm. So I don't want... That's one point of view. If Celtic are always... <laughs> if we are looking to improve next season, <laughs> then I think we need to bring in players that are better than the ones we have just now. So if we were to sell Cameron Carter-Vickers and bring in a... What age is Kobayashi? 22, 23 yeah, maybe? Bring in a 23-year-old that's already been there for six months but only plays when one of them's injured. I think if he was going to be that player... Like I know there's an adjustment. He came, he came in January. It's different league and all that. But I think if he was good enough, he would be playing ahead of Starfield right now. Not to say that it won't happen, but I think if we're going to improve, we need somebody remarkably better than Starfield. So what you're saying is Kobayashi is firmly a third-choice centre-half? Yeah, I think I just said that as well. Mm. Yeah, for now, for now, we'll, we'll see how he develops a bit. I'm, I'm encouraged by what I see. I All think right. yeah, it seems fairly well suited. The Scottish football seems quite physical, decent in the air, good, at, good with his feet, which mm. is absolutely crucial in this team because it is the one, it's the one criticism you can level at Starfelt is he's not particularly comfortable looking with his feet, but he's a really good defender. Yeah. And I thought he looked really good against Kilmarnock as well, really good against Rangers. So he has been, he has upturned his form since that Ross County fiasco he had. Yeah. Command or rotten with me, man. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely stinking. Oh, yeah, so oh my god, man. D deplorably bad. Oh. And do you know what? If I'm going to give Derek McKinnon, as loath as I am, if I'm going to give him any credit whatsoever, at least he saw that after half an hour and thought, nah, mm. nah, they're coming off because he looked dreadful after the match, Derek yeah, McInnes. Most managers well, not most, I suppose. Some managers in Scotland would probably just let it ride out to half time, mm. just try and regroup at half time. But see, to get to half an hour and to make two substitutions, at least he, he was just like, nah, just yeah. making that, that sign at the side <laughs> of the pitch. Because he was like, look, can't get any worse. <laughs> <laughs> cannot possibly. We, exactly. We're on course for 10 now here. It can't get any worse. It's fairly. It's fairly obvious the signal that's been that's been made when uh, power has been brought mm. on after half an hour. He usually just, starts against us as well. Yeah, no, yeah, I... uh, he's, he's usually good for an absolutely shocking challenge against Celtic. Was it Turnbull? He absolutely stiffed a couple mm. of seasons ago. Should have been sent. Oh, he was sent off actually. But um, it, it, it's fairly clear what the the objective is when he's getting brought on after half an hour. We've got to fix this. Carry on. Again, like Stephen, you can look at it in two ways and I am loath to give Derek McInnes credit, but he could have just left that at halftime and been 6-0 mm. down, but <laughs> to see it and go, look, I have got this wrong, I need to change it now to try and save any face whatsoever. So he done that. It, well, I suppose it did work because they got a goal back and they didn't concede uh, in the second half, but in the first half it was just going so wrong. Like Celtic had so much space it was if the commander were down to 10 men and Celtic were able to just have an extra player all over the pitch it was woeful I think he was trying to do something different we've seen him try to do different things against Celtic over the years go man for man with Aberdeen and all that and it didn't work I mean he this said after the work. game just when you were talking about he's bringing up his CV he says you know I want to I mean I love this big I love the big talk managers come out with sometimes like these grand plans that they have I mean you He's on the sugliest of sugly pegs, Derek McInnes. He's like, you know, I want to be here at Kilmarnock and I want to build a team that can compete and even beat Celtic. You, you never did that at Aberdeen. <laughs> so what What hope have you got? Staggering <laughs> optimism, isn't it? It really, it really is. With Jordan Jones and Alan Power, like, what chance have you got? <laughs> John Jones, who was who was absolutely stiffed by Alistair Johnston and hilarious Good. tackle in this. Oh, I mean, I, Just I, remember how the Kilmarnock fans fell out with him. Do you remember why Jordan Jones when he no. signed for Rangers? Because he was still at Kamarnock, he signed yes. a pre-contract with Rangers, and he, say, he he tweeted something like, "Bring on next year, we are the people." And, all that. <laughs> and there was like still games left, uh, and I thought right. to myself, 
don't pretend you're angry, Kilmarnock fans. Uh, remember, he injured himself trying to injure Moritz Bauer. That's right. That's that's right. <laughs> uh, well, Alistair Johnson was simply getting revenge for Moritz Bauer. <laughs> for the right, the right back. back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right back union. Uh, where were we? Derek McInnes. Uh, I mean, that, that's incredible optimism to think you're going to put together a team to to compete with mm. this Celtic team. Because watching that game, and Celtic, they, they could say, in Belenomics, they could say mm. that they won the game from the point of those substitutions yeah. because they did. They won yeah. it 1-0 for the last hour of the game. <laughs> Too bad that's not that's not how it works. Belenomics. But, yeah, but, but watching these, watching that, that game, and with the, I think it was the third goal in particular, Matt O'Reilly's goal, mm. the position that Greg Taylor took up in that goal was I think I don't know how teams like Kamarnock and all that defend against that. I really don't. You, that's your left back tick, taking up a position that, as you described in Jamie, the number ten, mm. he just appears there, shifts it on his left foot, and plays a through ball to Matt O'Reilly, who just sticks it away. That comes from Kobayashi down the left channel into Greg Taylor into the middle, and it's it's a goal. Greg Taylor's positioning. I, I saw that and I thought, right, see all this talk about money in the game. You know, oh, Celtic are so lucky they spend so yeah. much and all that. That's not what did that. That that is the application of ideas. Yep. Greg Taylor appearing in that position and executing that pass is the fruition or the coming to fruition of all the stuff that they work on. That's not just flinging a load of money at the team and going on you go, guys, yeah. because we've spent loads, so we'll be the better team. That's not. That's absolutely not how it works. I think it's it's insulting to Ange Postecoglou to say that that is in any way lucky or anything to do with having spent money on it. Even the, the example at hand, Greg Taylor, and yeah, he was a, a decent fee for Celtic 3 million or something mm. like that a few years ago but Ange didn't sign him what he has done is taken him and turned him into the player that he, uh, and he potentially was and credit to as well for, oh, yeah, for, of course, for, yeah. for, for turning himself into the player he, he put on Instagram after the game great to be back at Rugby Park <laughs> <laughs> I thought is that a, is that a sly dig is that I, a sly dig I think they boo him I think they I, oh, think, they give they? Him, I think they give him a tight yeah. well, it's diffi- difficult to hear it when there's two dozen fans <laughs> there uh, boo he, he personally paid for the last like four seasons <laughs> of their existence he's lifted and really that plastic pitch twice all that money. <laughs> Don't give them any more money. But it's again, if you look at Kilmarnock and Derek McInnes trying to compete, it's no impossible. Steve Clark done it and he'd done it taking a team from what, the bottom of the league up to That's third. Ridiculous so enough. again, that guy had ideas. He had a way of playing. It wasn't brilliant to watch, but it wasn't terrible either. They played some decent stuff. This is what always strikes me about when players talk about Steve Clark, when anyone talks about Steve Clark, the one thing they always talk about is how clear his message is. Yeah. Super clear, super simple. And I thought to myself, like, how difficult can... I mean, obviously it's difficult because not anyone else can do it, but Steve Clark kind of had a blueprint at Kamarnock. Then they brought in Alessio, yeah. which didn't work. Then they brought in Tommy Wright, which was a, a bit of a weird one. He lasted all of five minutes. Then Derek McInnes comes in and you think to yourself, right, well, he's a, a, a proven manager. He's probably more in the mould of Steve Clark. He'll get back to basics and do the simple thing. But he can't make it work either. So how, how much more complicated is Derek McInnes making it? Or is, or is it just that Derek McInnes just isn't a good football manager? He had a decent time with that Aberdeen when Rangers went league. But aside from that, he's just no good enough. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's he's not a good manager. or Do you know or not? Nah, <laughs> because, well, out of all the managers we've seen, even in just our time of doing the podcast, nobody's taken more beatings than Derek McInnes. Absolutely yeah. nobody. So, I mean, he has been a joke, a long-run joke since we started this yeah, podcast. Yeah. Almost. Well, uh, in fact, I do know he's not a good manager because he yeah. can't. He can. Was he beating Celtic once? Mm. Once in that whole time, it must have the worst record going. But people say this about Ange as well. Eh? 
John Kennedy said it when he first came in, the players said it. His message is clear, so the best managers know what they want and the players know what they have to do. Where Kilmarnock is the best message, get it to your full bags, launch it down the flanks and try and get the ball across. That's not very good, is it? Because it depends on a lot of things. And one of those things is the bounce of the ball in that pitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I... I mean, that poor boy, is it Murray, who got mm. taken off after half an hour? That is one of the worst individual performances I've seen against Celtic. And it's, look, we spoke about, who was the, was it Ross County, in fact, where O turned that boy, he was 16, yeah. Yeah. Or, and, and ran in on goal, right? And we, I came away from that thinking, right, he's been he's been taught a couple of lessons out there. That'll be really good for him. He'll, he'll learn from that. But that's entirely different to what that happened to that poor Murray boy that, that he basically... I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> uh, he, he cost his team at least two goals. That that 16-year-old that boy who played against O, there, there are benefits, there are, there are obvious benefits to being there and in amongst it and be able to feel how fast and strong that guy is. Mm. He can learn from that. He can improve on his position. There are no lessons to be learned <laughs> from passing it from a halfway line straight to Kyogo that plays him in on goal to booting it up in the air, crossing it back into Aye. his own box that led to another goal. Comical I, I stuff. Honestly, felt for the boy. I was, it was like there, there are very few examples in Scottish football that come to mind. But it was it was Fernando Rickson against Bobby Petter mm. stuff basically from back in the day. Again, being at the game, we've done it so many times. But like the Hibs one recently, where uh, it was at Porte. Who was it that just cannoned the ball out the pitch Porte, from a Hib, Hibs was, free yeah. kick? And you're just sitting there as a Celtic fan. Wanting the other team to be better. It was the Matt O'Reilly second goal where Stephen said about the first goal, what can you do about Greg Taylor popping up there? What you can do about a guy crossed in is make a good connection on it. Don't put it back in. But it wasn't just that example. Kamarnock did that a lot. Teams do it a lot. Just sheer panic and a lack of technique anywhere on the pitch. It's going to cost you. I think think it all comes back to I was going to say it all comes back to the managers in this league but it comes back to football club owners these people make a few quid they buy Scottish football clubs they bring in for the most part terrible managers either a known quantity like Derek McInnes or Malky Mackay someone that they've heard about before or they bring or they just give the job to someone who's been bumbling about the club they then let these guys go gung-ho in the transfer market and sign players and the managers usually lack an imagination bring in players they've heard of before or have previously played for the club and it's just like this bad bad owners bring in bad managers that sign bad players and then you end up like the the league that hates itself yeah. when you look across that Kilmarnock team there's no one bit of quality I'll extend it past the owners to bad media as well mm. and because they will be influenced by the media's reception for any sort of change oh, in this I country now, if Kilmarnock or whoever it is you know there's several clubs now looking for managers or very recently looking for managers in this, this league if any of them were to try anything slightly out of left field mm. bring in some Portuguese or Dutch or Belgian or whatever coach to bring in a few new ideas, ridiculed from day one. A manager from Japan. Uh, all the all the yeah. all the pals yeah. in the media would all would all gather around. All Barry Ferguson and Chris Boyd and Alex Ray. How did they know? Give it to name some ex Rangers player. So the next manager in this league to get sacked, it will be Robbie Nielsen. Yeah. Needs to get that job, even yeah. though Robbie Nielsen has just failed at, at a really big club yeah. in the league. I, I, Sometimes I used to think that you know you get the media you deserve, but I don't think that's the case anymore with Scottish football. I think we don't deserve the media mm-hmm. we've got. Um, to an extent, they are strengthened by people still continuing to click stuff and buy papers and all that. But yeah. I heard a podcast. I heard a podcast recently where your friend and mine, Mister Was it Ewan Murray, was on it uh, talking about Scottish yes. football, <laughs> and he said about the referees. Yes, they are very average, but in fairness, they're refereeing average footballers. 
No, I, I mean, this, this again, this is like a Scottish football journalist. I know yeah. he's more into golf and all that, and mm -hmm. he should stick to that because that, that is a ridiculous thing to say. And you know what? Fundamentally, not how it works. And it should make their job easier. Right. So, see if you turn up to some, like a mechanic, right? Turn up to a, a nice fancy garage, right? Mm -hmm. And you bring in your clapped out old car from like 20 years ago. They don't get to turn around to you and say, well, I've not done a particularly great yeah. job on it, mate. It's a pretty average car. No, <laughs> they still need to do it to a fairly professional standards but, but and that's the case with one Earth. of the things that improves just I, I, given that stupid guy more comment right more 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 pay, more mileage than he deserves on this podcast but just to follow that analogy down so one of the things that improves as footballers get better is the speed and the touch and the quickness of the game so it's not like Willie Collins going going <gasps> I can't keep up with that <laughs> you know it's moving at a snail's pace it's hoofing the stuff and heeding and stuff and no. elbowing people it's, 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 it's rudimentary no. football that a lot of these teams are playing it should be very very simple quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Calling all men. It's time to mind your manholes uh, with Manscaped. <laughs> Everyone's aware by now that those nose hairs are a major turnoff. That's why Manscaped upgraded with our brand new Weed Whacker 2.0 with improved blades and motor. You can feel the power of that nasty nose hair annihilation in the palm of your hands. 
This improved weed whacker can now be found in the Performance 4.0 package for no additional cost. Save money and attack your nose and ear hairs by going to manscaped.com and using code TIMS to get 20% off a big discount and free shipping. Manscaped.com using code TIMS. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear trimmer uses a powerful 7,000 RPM motor with an improved steel blade system that upgrades the cutting performance from their first generation to better whack your weeds. The Weed Whacker 2.0 is cordless, rechargeable and has a battery with up to 45 minutes. That's a lot of nose hair. Trimming your nose hair for 45 minutes of runtime. Also, the Weed Whacker 2.0 will be in all Manscaped's tool sets, including the Platinum Package 4.0 and the Performance Package 4.0. So no matter what kit you pick, you will receive the new Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear trimmer. Listen up, save 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS, T-I-M-S, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS at manscaped.com. From below to up top, get the best in grooming at Manscaped Shop. We brought up there, if he's Derek McInnes was coming on, uh, coming out after the game going... I wanted a red card for O, who eventually came on the pitch and committed a high foot. And he wanted a red card, and his rationale was, I want a red card because one of my boys got sent off. He goes, no, I don't think it was a red card, right? But I want a red card because that's consistency. And I went, okay, so you want consistency of wrongness, but right, that that's fine. So you want consistency of incorrect ideas. <laughs> but that, that really got me thinking, like, we criticise referees a lot, and rightly so, because they're bad at the job. They, they, just, they simply are, and we're not the only ones to do it, right? However... Is, is consistency amongst refereeing, the refereeing world in Scotland, is that an impossible standard to hold referees to? Okay, two referees, so Willie Collum gives a foul for something in one game and doesn't give a foul for an, a similar incident in another game. I think you're right and you're fair enough to go, Willie Collum gave a penalty for that last week, but this week he didn't give a penalty of it. And it's a similar situation saying, but if you're looking at a referee, looking at a different incident with different players, with a different view, a different angle and a different game and two different referees and going, that one's right and that one's wrong and I want consistency here. I think that that word consistency now is kind of losing a bit of meaning. Yeah, Um, I I, I don't think it's possible. I think you're right. I don't think it's it's what everyone thinks we're aiming for, but it's a completely impossible ideal because... A lot of football, whether people like it or not, is still very subjective. Look at yellow cards. They're almost arbitrary at this point. Yeah. Like they, You can be given a, a yellow card for a severity of tackle, for a number of different fouls, for really anything. I mean, Cameron Carter-Vickers got booked after, what, seven minutes in the mm. derby a couple of weeks ago for just his, his first tackle. So trying, striving for 100% consistency across referees, across different games, across different different situations, scenarios, outcomes is literally impossible. Mm. So uh, you're, we're out here talking for the sake of talking, not as, I just mean like the media and all that and having a go at referees for this impossible ideal that will never come. And then when it comes to the individual incidents, we've now gotten to the slightly absurd stage in Scottish football where we look at everything and because everyone lets the media away with saying, oh, it's just a shambles or oh, mm. inconsistency. Remember, you said me like a couple of weeks ago, Chris Boyd said, I think it is a penalty, but it's just a shambles. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're allowing people to do that. So we're getting to the stage now where every penalty or handball or whatever is, is examined. And we first look at all the reasons why it shouldn't be rather than the reasons it should. Yeah. Look at that. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just off on one now, just talking about different examples <laughs> from go. different games. On you go, mate. The, the Alistair Johnson foul on Morelos, everyone, and I mean everyone across like Rangers media and all that sort of stuff, and all that, well, I say Rangers media, that's what the, the mainstream media yes. is in this yeah. country, looking for the reasons it's not a foul. 
and they completely ignoring the fact it's definitely a foul <laughs> by shoving him in the back. So I don't know where I'm going anymore. Do you know what, Chris, just... <laughs> Boyd, you know what Chris Boyd said in the game, Melly? Chris Boyd said, for 27 minutes, Celtic were relentless. Until what, Chris? <laughs> Until we relented? That's not what relentless means, Chris. He just heard that word. For 27 minutes, they never stopped until we yeah, stopped. Yeah. I think with the consistency from referees, it is difficult to get. So see if you're not very good and a way you can try and get around it is just be a stickler for the rules then. Yeah. Just apply the rules to the nth degree so that there can be I'm just doing my job I'm doing what it says there but the, the problem is they don't and it looks like in fact it doesn't look like we know they don't know the rules properly yeah. so that's when it comes out that we're now going oh, I should have got that wrong decision because I've had a wrong decision before no Derek what you want is the wrong decision not to happen in the first place but we are so far removed from that now because there's so many wrong decisions we're just wanting more wrong decisions Ask for better, Derek. I think Ask the ref- for more. I mean, he should have criticised the referee on the whole because I thought the referee was terrible in the second half. I thought he, the referee set Sympa- out sympathetic performance. Sympathetic referee, either that or he got a brand new whistle and he just wanted to make sure it worked every ten seconds. Oh, 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 works, even, works. even the injury time at the f- end of the first half, there were four goals and a, a sub, two a, subs, two, two substitutions subs. at that point, and they played like one minute at the end of the f- again you, this is not th- how things are supposed I'm to be I'm starting to have a bee in my I mean this is turning into the grumpy old <laughs> podcast right but I've got a real bee in my bonnet about these turning sto- into right I've got a real bee in my bonnet about these stoppages because as I've said before in the podcast and we're going to move on to other things it's the referee who decides how long the game is stopped for just keep count he, remember referees just have two watches <laughs> yeah. they don't do that anymore I'm like you've stopped the game and then it, by like the thing Floyd Mayweather I know <laughs> 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 no, not those kind of watches. <laughs> but, but the same, the half time rolls around, you've forgotten how long you stopped it for. Anyway, Melly, bring us back on track. Let's talk about the game. Uh, it was a sub performance, wasn't it? Yeah. I know we've been through bad managers, bad chairman, bad players, mm. bad referees, but. Bad media again. I just want to say that again. Yeah, the, 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 all the bingo, oh, yeah, all the cards met. So I think with Celtic, absolutely class. Yeah. Absolutely class again. As I said at the start, making these victories on plastic pitches a formality. We're going out there and scoring four goals and we are coming away. Second half could have been better, couldn't it? Yeah. But again, Hatati, Moy not starting. We have big, big creative players out. We still spank in four goals. Even Jota last week coming off the back of the Rangers game. Celtic are in a position that we weren't in last season where we, if we're missing players, we can cope with it and not even cope with it, just do very well on top of that they have three wingers out and still create four goals is spectacular Mr Penalty as well Starfield right. Mr Sitter oh, had a big chance that penalty? Yeah. Did, was it just me that knew he was going to miss it as soon as he stepped up to take it is it, it was weird wasn't it I, well that was his first penalty he's taken for Celtic I was sure he'd missed another one I'm sure no, he's spoken about him being bad at penalties in the past it, maybe it, well maybe he is and that's why I've not seen him take yeah. one but which is even more remarkable to know that he sits just on the cusp of 30 goals this season 50 goals for Celtic overall mm. And he hasn't taken a single penalty until <laughs> yeah. then. But there was, it, it, it was odd watching him get ready for the penalty. And now at this point, there's no jeopardy over it. Celtic are 4-0 up yeah. at this point and we get a penalty. It, it doesn't feel particularly pressured environment to be taking a penalty. But he looked weird. He had a big stupid smile on his like face he, and he was laughing. Dared him to do I, it. It, it, was, it was like he'd, his pals had put him up there to take a penalty and he was like I'm not supposed to be here I don't know what this is. it was as if he'd been egged on to do karaoke or something like that and he just went up and it was the, people say it's a bad penalty but all missed penalties yeah. look bad he hit the post it's not it wasn't like he ballooned it over the bar or anything like that the technique but by the way, I, wasn't yeah, it? yeah. 
one of the uh, the practice and taking penalties with our heels. We've seen <laughs> O do it. We've seen Jota do it. Just didn't look as if he was a clinical striker taking up. It was like that time Azagiri took one to try and get a hat trick. <laughs> oh, oh the, my god! He was blazed it over, but and you could tell in the run up that like, is this guy forgotten how to run? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind kick a ball. But, uh, Kyogo, it was a good chance to get another goal and seen him bag these goals it's quite nice I'm not scoring any penalties because you look at Tavernier's record as decent yeah. as it is as a, for a right back but padded out with a lot of penalties no Penogo Penogo he can't be labelled for that so I think the guy is on fire for the amount of goals he's got he does get substituted early in a lot of games as well so he could have even more and if he had stayed on he could have been on a hat-trick couldn't he oh, easily Ayo came on and he was choking for service I felt quite bad for him because he was making the runs he was doing the hard yards but we just couldn't find him I think Rocco Vata found him with a yeah, decent chance but, but apart from that he was he was struggling to impress Jürgen Yeah that was a lovely bit of play Celtic played it all the way from one side to the other mm. all the way from the back out to the right and then uh, it was a great early ball across and he just uh, caught it he caught it well but just not in between the posts do you know why I'm laughing? Sorry, <laughs> totally derailed you there. I just had an image of fucking someday scoring a goal because Klinsman was in the crowd, right? <laughs> sliding across the pitch, but being like struck like a match, <laughs> just busting the flames. <laughs> now, layer of skin off the face, uh, yeah, those, those Celtic shots, <laughs> uh, especially. Oh, mean to get the t- uh, he took the top off before. Oh, Imagine he'd have done that. It's oh, God, coming it's up for it, looking like your your face is inside there. <laughs> 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 it's a shame because it looked like he was trying to impress his uh, national team coach, mm. but not trying too hard. But it's just like lads. My boss is up there and you have taken the foot off the gas. Yeah. Come on, there was a guy behind me that shouted, come on, lads, I've got a bet on here. <laughs> I think he'd 5-1 on, so it's see this hard. Though. See, see with Jürgen Klinsmann being there, this is just spending the expenses account. It's, it's a jolly for these international managers. could be managers. at Celtic Park uh, watching Celtic Rangers a couple of weeks ago. He could be at Celtic Park anytime, but he went, come on. Look. They're, not, they're, they're not even real managers, international <laughs> nah. managers, just on a jolly. And always, he's already got a couple of caps. Jürgen Klinsmann speaks quite highly of him. You, it's fine. Are you saying for one minute that Jürgen Klinsmann was abusing the expense account to go to <laughs> Kilmarnock? Uh, he's heard about all these pies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's heard all about it, yeah. And uh, who's that guy? Who's the guy online? The, the big... Oh, <laughs> the, the angry man. I've not seen him for a while. Uh, so or, yeah, something, you know, or something God like that. Yeah, he <laughs> just wanted to meet him. Uh, but uh, oh, yeah, oh, he just didn't get the angle on that. Yeah, uh, mm. it just wasn't the angle Hot wasn't quite flush, right. Yeah. Uh, before we before we move on, we're, we're scattering all over the place with the, the incidents of this game. I wanted to keep, mention keep the listener guessing where we're going to <laughs> exactly. go. Exactly. Um, get involved in the comments. Where are we going to go next <laughs> in this game? Kyogo's goal that he did score. Um, I was really quite impressed with that. Uh, it's the decision making. It's the decision making. He seems to get right most times. Um, he misses the odd chance, of course. But I watched during the week there. I watched a bit of Real Madrid versus Chelsea, and in the first couple of minutes, two or three minutes in, yeah, oh my god, could he get sacked <laughs> as an interim manager with eight games to go? Could he get sacked? So bad. Did he come out after the game and say I was? Uh, wait, I didn't. I didn't realise how good Real Madrid were. Oh, or did you not? Like, right, good research. Comments, for, comments for, for a football manager. But again, that's terrible owners. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. Right, Kyogo. Uh, sorry, in first couple of minutes of the Real Madrid Chelsea game, mm. Joel Felix goes busting through in on goal in a very very similar. As soon as I saw Kyogo get making that run, I thought exactly of this incident. After a couple of minutes, he, he gets through in behind the Real Madrid defence, gets into a very similar position and he shoots at the near post and Courtois just, just saves it mm. because he's never going to get it in. He's, he, the angle just isn't there. So Kyogo could have done that 
and no one would have blamed him for it. See, if he just smashed that near post and the keeper gets a foot to it and it diverts it out for a corner, the fans aren't going to blame him for it, but he doesn't do that. That's mm. not good enough. He cuts inside, waits, sees what his options are. Nobody in a better position than me. I'm just going to stick it in. It's the decision-making. Again, look, I want to be clear about this. I'm not comparing the challenges of scoring against Kilmarnock with scoring it. it Thibault Quarto as yeah. near oh, post. Come on, it's much more difficult. Yeah, clearly. But I just mean that, I mean that to say that Kyogo didn't do, obviously did better by scoring the goal. But what I mean is, no one would have blamed him if he'd taken that option. If he'd mm. smashed that at the near post and the keeper saves it, we're all just going, oh, we'll get it next time. But he doesn't. He waits and waits and puts it under, it puts it in the, near, uh, the far post rather. It's also, it's like, it is capitalising on a mistake, but he's played a pass and Kyogo picks it up like 40, 50 yards mm. out and still manages to Even score. Even the defender didn't know whether it was Weemsby or Bombay didn't no, know what and he was doing. Uh, he was, didn't know if he was going to close them down or run back towards goal. He was totally confused. And if, if you watch the defender as it happens, you're like, well, part of the reason you don't know what's happening is because you don't know where your footing's going on this pitch. Mm. Uh, so, hell mend them as they say. <laughs> don't care. But Kyogo, absolutely brilliant. Clinical again, left foot finish. Uh, and it's just, it's one of those where it goes through like that and you're like, too much time to think about it because we've had plenty of good strikers in the past that Lee Griffiths was great at finishing but when he had that time to finish it sometimes he wasn't mm. great but Kyogo clinical and that early goal again and you just see McInnes with his, his wee plan just tossed out the window <laughs> there isn't it? Kyogo won a three Japanese players that started four four, four? Yeah. four. Wow. <laughs> that's more that's more that makes it even more impressive because I was trying to think about have we ever had four of one other than Scottish nationality start for us before we I'd, were... I'd be amazed and what an to have such an influence from one country coming to the, to this team yeah. is is really quite remarkable uh, th- off the top of my head Wata started completely forgot about that yeah Wata Kobayashi Maeda and, and Kyogo and he could have had that, well I don't suppose Hatati and Wata probably would have played to, mm. together but there is a potential to have others I've, I've, off the top of my head you would maybe be looking at Martin O'Neill's team the first couple of seasons he had a few Englishmen yeah. I don't think a lot of them would have started together because Tommy Johnson and Alan Stubbs left after the first season then Guppy comes in so I reckon this is the most the most foreign players of any one nationality we've had in my lifetime probably maybe the odd Irish in like, decades th- gone by you think of any maybe? no no it's, uh, it's difficult there's Couple of Swedes, but no, that I don't think. Uh, other than Scottish, it's almost like remember that time Rangers had all the Dutch, the, the Dutch players. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we should, I suppose, that if that's the done thing, we should bring out maybe like what colours? The Japan home strip, uh, blue, blue, yeah, red, white, and blue. So yeah. we should probably bring out. We should do like a limited edition red, white, and blue <laughs> Celtic top for the flying off the shelves for, ja- for the Japanese boys. <laughs> we just like remember that that season with the broken hoops. Oh, people did not like no. that imagine we just thought right guys we've had a load of Japanese players it's blue this season we're going to play in blue <laughs> the home games imagine it the trolling uh, <laughs> I read somewhere else it's, I think Celtic have not started a Scottish under 21 player this season and this um, homegrown player thing merely something that we've been talking about a lot in the podcast and it's starting to sort of feed out a lot of people are talking about it but I know um, Vata's declared for Ireland yeah. is, is that correct and Summers Ben Summers he's Scottish what did you make of the two youngsters? Uh, it's hard hard to see what they bring. Well, it's not hard to see what they bring. I but think Vata's looks talented. He looks like a talented young player. Yeah, but it's just because the game's sort of petered out yeah, like that. Yeah. It's, it's difficult for them. Like, they're trying to inject something into it when everybody else is trying to just calm things down. Mm. But Vata got on the ball. Looks like your winger that comes through. 
wasn't afraid to try and take guys on. Just the two of them didn't get enough of the ball, but that's not their fault. I think the cross he put in is a great cross right into the danger area, quick whip ball. So time will tell whether they get more game time. It is going to be difficult because we have a lot of options in there. We have to do something to keep these young players though, don't we? I think part of the problem and not bring them through is every time someone shows a bit of promise, even before we even get a chance to see them for the first team, they're whipped down in the south. They're, they're playing in England. And I think it's no much, but I think sometimes the only hope you've got as far as a pathway goes for these guys is playing them and showing them that, they, they, that there is an opportunity for them to actually play football here and they'll get their move at one point. Because I think if you're slow to do that, I'm just surmising here, but I think if you're slow to do that, if you've got Rocco Vata, who will have an agent by now, whose dad played football, whose dad's got contacts in the game, Summers as well, these players will be identified as potential first-team players for Celtic. They'll have people going, I can get you a move down south, I can get you a move to West Brom, Middlesbrough, Fulham, uh, you double your wages. They, I think they, one, sorry, jump in, I think one did leave quite recently as well. Mm. I can't remember the name, forgive me for not remembering. I think one same for Aston Villa. Yeah. Some, another young player of Celtic. So, so, we, we, so maybe like... It's, it's not much, but offering them game time early on, sort of building a relationship there is, is one way to try and keep them. Ben Doak played against Rangers before he mm. left at uh, 16 years old. And I, I don't, it seems to be they're leaving earlier and earlier now. They're not even getting to 17, 18 before they leave. I don't know what we can do about it, to be honest. I think if you're good enough at Celtic, you'll play. I don't think many managers are going to play guys just to try and keep them around. I think the, they've got jobs to do as well, but... Mm. Again, it plays into the old Scottish football thing. Like, okay, go go and play in Livingston on a plastic pitch, or you can go down at sixteen year old to any team in England and play in state of the art training facilities, train and play against much better players. What's going to be better for your career? Playing a few minutes here or there at Celtic when you get to eighteen, or training with the elite players from a very early age. I think players are just going to see the English Premier League is where everything happens now and that goes from the best players in the world are there, but also the best facilities, the best coaches, mm. all that. So all trickles down and it makes it very difficult for people to stay about here. Plus, it's a lot of money to make at that age. It's yeah. a short career. Ben Doak, first team football at 16, still not enough. No, uh, it's, it's it's always going to be very difficult. But I think that is, I suppose, the best I'm thing. I'm not saying it's a cure-all. I'm saying that's a scintilla of encouragement. Yes, I think I think it's the best we can hope for. I think it's the, the best thing we can do is hopefully they ignore all the things Melly has yeah. just said. Cheers, Melly. <laughs> by, by some miracle, they, they forget about all that amazing Next stuff. Next week, Rocco Vata signed for Villa. <laughs> Andrew's on the phone yeah. to us. Thanks very much, Martin Melly. Yeah. Uh, well, ignore but, all that hugely appealing stuff. Yeah. We've got St Johnston away coming up. <laughs> yeah, Eight minutes is yours, mate. Uh, Andrew's had Rocco Vata available all season but the only game he's played him in recently mm. has been one where we've had three wingers injured so all these wingers play ahead of him yeah so I mean but, uh, there is a responsibility for the manager as well supposed to have one eye on the future of the club and you know if that's if, he's, if that's part of his remit bringing through young players I'm sure at the end of the season Celtic will sit down and go look is Rocco Vata really that much worse than James Forrest could you have played those you know I'm not saying it's the be all and end all, but I just think I'm a wee bit worried about our future ability to retain our top young talent, and I think we need to find some way to keep them. But, but that being said, have you you just put a jump in? I was just going to say it looks to be very difficult for. I know it's just a minor thing, but registering players for the Champions League next season. We've spoken recently about David Turnbull being out the picture a year left in his contract. Yeah. James McCarthy's injured currently, but don't, don't ever see him playing for Celtic no. again. Stephen Welsh is. Falling down the pecking order as well. He's fourth choice all season, and that's where Yen's coming in and leaving. Kobayashi came in, came in ahead of him. 
and James Forrest could potentially leave. So that's four out of the eight players we have. Some of them could go. So Celtic are in a sticky situation when it comes to registering players for the Champions League next I season. Melly mentioned David Turnbull. He's one of two players I want to talk about from the game as well. Um, <laughs> Melly said when, when these young players come on, the game's dying down a wee bit and you want to try and make an impact when everyone else is trying to calm it down. The ebb and the flow of the game, I, I take that on board. But see, in the first half, Stephen, when Celtic are flying, everyone's wanting to get in amongst it. I'm looking at Haksabanovic mm. going... You've not started a lot of games recently and everyone's flying here. The goals are flying in. I wanted him to be more involved. I thought even when things were going well, he was very quiet and he didn't really leave any impact in the game. That's a couple of times he's disappointed mm. from the start of games. He's been making huge impacts off the bench. Very, very impressive. So it leads everyone to say, well, he should be playing more. Mm. And then when he gets to start, he's disappointed. I think he started against Hearts quite yeah. recently as well and he was quite poor. So it's he's fallen into one of those old kind of Derek Riordan modes where everyone's screaming for him to get in the team but really it doesn't justify it once he mm. gets there it's this is just a one-off game and all the reasons we've already spoken about it was, a, it was a weird game blitzed them in the first half an hour and then it just sort of kind of fell away Kamarnock seemed more keen on containing damage limitation for the rest of the first half and then sort of came at it a wee bit more in the second half do, do you not think that represents an opportunity for a player yeah, like, in yeah. my mind if I was the manager I'd be going right things are going good here let's see let, even like, so it's there's almost no hiding place in a game like that because in the first half when things are going really well you want to see players like Aksabanovic going give me it give me it. I want it in amongst the goals I want to try and get involved in something and he wasn't really giving me that well he's no unique in that because there are players in very similar situations to him like O like Iwata like Kobayashi who are coming in and impressing just with it being thrown in at the deep end at the drop of a hat really if we get an injury if there's an emergency some these players are being played and they are impressing so Aksabanovic he's not the only guy in the squad who finds himself with limited game time and being expected to produce something when when he is called upon. So I uh, that's a weird situation uh, just now. He seems fairly patient though. I think he's spoken think quite so? recently. Yeah, he, he, said he was yeah. he was doing the he was doing the post match because even I know he played most of the game, didn't he? He got subbed at like eighty odd minutes. I think yeah. Aksabanovic and even when things were quiet in the second half when I said there's no hiding place, so when the game has a lull you want Haksabanovic to one of these players try to make an impact back in. He was just quite happy to see the game out and he he handed over the the man of the match trophy to Matt O'Reilly. Um, which I thought was was well deserved because he was he was brilliant in the game. Yeah. And they asked him, and he sort of says, "You know, uh, I know there's a big squad here. I knew that when I joined." And you think to yourself, "But I, I, it's good to have squad players and squad rotation." But when you say he seemed quite happy about it, he didn't see. He wasn't there going, "No, I want a, this is the, uh, you know I missed an opportunity. I want to really start." I, I think to myself, "Is that enough? Is that enough for football? Or just being a squad player?" We've spoken about it with David Turnbull. We look at David Turnbull and go, there's no way he can be happy being a squad player. But looking at Haksabamovic going, maybe he is a bit happy being a squad player. Well, I know I know what you mean. And when you look at it and go, so if he goes up to Ange's door today and says, right, I want to start the next game, Ange can just look back and go, yeah. but come on, mate. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't really, aye, didn't really was, do it for me there, did aye, you? But, and, and then, what about the Hearts game? I started you as well and had to sub you. So it's up to the player to get his chance and take it. Difficult on that pitch. But we've seen in these games and when people try to impress whether a young player, a guy coming on or getting a start, they try and do things they wouldn't normally do. Whereas with Haksabanovic, we just wanted him to do what he normally does in these games and that mm. would have been enough. He didn't quite do it then. The good thing with him is we have seen him do it before. So it's not as if we've got this sort of new signing and we're going, I'm 
I think there's something in there, but I don't know. What kind of like Burnaby with Haksabanovic, he did get a wee run at it mm. before the World Cup and was very good. So we're just looking for that again. It just it didn't happen for him. He played on the right where he's more natural on the left. But I think you're right. When I looked at the team, I thought, right, okay, that's fine. Haksabanovic can be the creator today. Didn't they see that? Didn't even see that taking it on and having a shot that he usually does. It just it wasn't a game for him, but. Again, we're being picky out of a 4-1 win, but it was a massive opportunity for him because there's not going to be a lot of times where you've got three uh, wingers injured. Is that the answer then? Are we expecting Haksibanovic to come on and, as you say, do what he's been doing, what he has been shown, but he can't do that off the right because all of his major moments, all of his key contributions have been cutting in off the left and scoring, you know, bending it into the top corner. I know I, I'm not saying you know, he simply cannot do anything on the right side, but if we're expecting him to come in and just do all that stuff you've been showing us, mm. it's a completely different position. If he's if that sort of key attribute is taken away from him and we're expecting him to play as more of a sort of traditional right winger because he's right footed, doesn't necessarily get to do his stuff. As it were. Well, that's true. I see, um, to change subject slightly, I see another manager get sacked <laughs> from the, right. the, the Century Hates Herself, Calm Davidson, yeah. got, got sacked. I've spoken about that. You've said before on podcast, even that that guy should have just left. You know, you do well and you and you get out of dodge. Where are you going to go for two cups? Where, yeah. where are you going to go from that with the same club? It's, it's almost certainly downwards from and there. Do, so. you, do you know that that sacking makes Ange the third, despite the fact he's only <laughs> been here for a season and maybe three quarters or seven eighths, he is the third longest serving manager in the league. Who are the first two? Uh, Malky McKay, mm-hmm. who might lose his job because they're propping the table up unless um, Derek McInnes goes down, which they're only one point in it. And uh, Squeaky Martindale. All right, so he's in good company then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see. I mean, he, I mean, it's not, I mean, Martindale's never going to get sacked. No. He's never going to get sacked from Livingston, but, um, you know, it's... I said, well, he could leave and go somewhere else down south. Doubtful, though. Oh, I've heard him um, talking about that. I was on the mo- my way back from the game one time and he was mm-hmm. on open all mics and I, I was in the car coming back from a Celtic game and he was talking about the, him being linked with the, the Aberdeen job and Rangers and all that uh, at the time and he spoke about himself in the third person. Oh. Uh, if, if Livingston want David Martindale, then David Martindale is staying at Livingston. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I just, I, that. <laughs> but I'm just like, oh, you could be in a position where you start next season and Brendan Rodgers is... Brendan Rodgers, wow. Is he, oh, is he uh, Livingston? He's back, he's back. He's managing St. Johnston. No, yeah. Ange Postacoglu could be the second longest managed, serving manager in the league just as he starts his third season yeah, in charge. I, um, I mentioned Brendan Rodgers, there was a, a record broken. I had to take note of this because I felt like I was living in some Mandela effect. People were talking about it and then not talking about it. Um, he matched, just matched Brendan Rodgers' record of 17 straight wins in the league. Um, we're running out of time for the podcast. We have we have went on a wee bit, so I just want to quickly we can maybe this is maybe one for as we do yeah this yeah. is maybe one for the breakfast of champions the the midweek podcast we can get into this in a bit more depth that's a Patreon exclusive podcast that we drop midweek sort of sits in between flagship recordings cover stuff maybe that's one but Brendan Rogers Ange Postecoglou there's a comparison there a serious serious comparison there not just between the managers. But between the squads, oh, you think so? Hasty one that. Mm. Uh, some players, oh, yeah, he'd be great in that team. He'd be great in that team. I think Angie's team are better to watch. To be honest, I think Angie's team are better to watch. Stephen, yeah, I, there are very you know, obvious comparisons. The two kind of major managers that we've had in the last you know, ten years or so. Um, the the comparisons will come, however unhelpful. The in terms of the squads, I I definitely enjoy this team um, a lot more. I don't want to get like 
I don't want to start doing like revisionism because that's quite yeah. popular on Twitter where you just start looking at the Wikipedia page and oh, they won this amount of group. That's not the, what the experience is like at the time. I don't like it when people do that and just re rewrite the histories of, mm. of certain managers. Brendan Rodgers was amazing. Yeah. And that was particularly that, that invincible Better season. Though, <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that is that. I don't, I don't mean, I, in the nicest possible way, Andrew's just a, a lot better to get along with. Invincible manager. Now he's a dick. <laughs> he's got to go. <laughs> 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 um, I, I, I don't like rewriting history because the Invincible season was probably my favourite season Aye. ever really I mean of, of my lifetime it was, it was incredible but that said if the comparisons are going to be made Ange stands up to that and more because, had a most difficult job as well I, oh, with the rebuild that was mm. required last season and then look, Rangers are just off a, a European final that's the team we're competing with as, mm. as much as we don't like to give them any credit we're using that to give and more credit yeah. because like, you don't get to a European final purely by accident, somewhat by accident, yes. but not purely by accident. <laughs> uh, whereas we look back and probably, you know, the sands of time have not been kind to that Rangers team when we're, we're talking mm. about, you know, Philip Senderos and Joey Garner and all that. It was great at the time, oh, though, wasn't oh, it? Joey Barton. It was fantastic yeah. at the time. Was, and even some of the players we had, Scott Sinclair, Paddy oh, Roberts, yeah. Dembele. Come on. A classic <laughs> team. A classic team. One of, one of the best. Definitely. The comparisons are, you know, take your pick, really. Yeah. Uh, the personal preference is, is, is at hand here. I can't really see much between them, but I've got in my head it would be Angie's team, but that's mm. probably recent we, we, we need a bit more information. We need to dig into this a wee bit. We need to revisit this. Melly, you whispered a wata at me just as I was riding up there. I didn't want to get the, the podcast end without giving him his due credit after okay. the weekend. I thought he was great. Yeah. thought he was tremendous in there. Outshone possibly by O'Reilly, but that's going to happen when you get two goals and perform that. But he played... In the sort of head of Cal McGregor, which I thought he would play the number six and Cal McGregor would move forward. That didn't happen. So worried when I seen him line up that. No such worries during the game. I don't know if long term that'll be his position because I don't know if he's got that sort of creativity, but he just found passes, found angles. He was great in there and just looked like an assured player for Celtic. Funny how this always happens that players can just come in and look good at Celtic because mm. Celtic had a good team with a good manager and a good style of play, but he was great. And it's a system as well. I, I get the feeling, you know, just to not to compare Steve Clark and Ange Postacoglu, but there are obviously two managers with a message. So the message is drilled into you. So when you're put in that team, you know exactly what you're coming in to do. Yeah, as I said earlier, the application of ideas is mm. what makes this team great, not just throwing money at it and, you know, picking your best players and saying on his goal lads 4-3-3 today he's no way to do it that's that's <laughs> not the case at all I think it, as I say I think it's borderline insulting to, to throw that at the Celtic team after all the, the work that's going on The what we're seeing on the pitch here is the is the, the work that's going on behind the scenes it's, it's been drilled on the on the training ground and all of Ange's philosophies and ideas coming to fruition on the pitch it's not, it's not about just chucking money at teams that's, that's silliness and on that we're going to wrap up uh, about half the people that watch this on YouTube haven't subscribed yet so please hit subscribe get involved in that and that will help us in a minor way it'll feel the, feed the algorithm monster uh, and the vast majority of you don't support us on Patreon so get support on patreon.com slash 20 minute times but most of all thank you for watching and listening see you next week <laughs>